Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is... My Favorite Things. Oh, just yours. Well, it can be... To be ours. <laughs> it's our favorite things, Rob. It's always our. I hope you're doing well today, listeners. I hope so, too. Um, I was just going to ask the listeners how they're doing, and then I realized they're not going to be able to nope, respond to nothing. us. Nothing. You're not going to get anything. Okay. Crickets. Okay. Hey, our uh, one of our wonderful listeners at Cooper's Chew Toy told us that there is going to be a Paul Lynn one-man show in Las Vegas. What? Uh, just so you know, Kevin, I'm quitting this podcast as I will be moving to Las Vegas to attend every performance of this Paul is Lynn one-man Jim show. Is Jim Walton playing it? Because remember his Paul oh Lynn? Oh, my God. Per- Jim- we interviewed Jim Walton, guys, and go listen to the interview. But also, just fast forward to where, we, where he talks like Paul Lynn. It was amazing. Jim Walton's Paul Lynn impression is genius. First of all, Jim Walton's impressions are just genius. Period. Yeah, yeah. He is a brilliant, funny man. guy. Oh um, my God, so that's amazing. Oh, yeah. For, but also let's be real. You guys who, who how they pitch that and how was the, any producer like, Oh yeah, we'll pack the houses with this guy. I mean, really Rob, other than you and me and a couple of our listeners, I think it's the who same. really is going to Las Vegas and is like, Hmm, Chippendales. No, Donnie Marie. No. Oh, Ooh, a one man Paul Lynn show. Not starring Paul Lind. Yeah. Great. Let's go see that. <laughs> I mean, really? (laughs) And what's he going to do? I forgot you're still on their marketing team, right, Kevin? (laughs) That's how all that works. Oh, my God. Hey, you know who I want to give a shout out to really quickly? Go for it. Um, A couple of days ago, we were going to do one of our podcasts interviews and we were getting to the rehearsal studio really early in the morning. We record a lot of our podcasts at a rehearsal studio in New York mm-hmm. called Shetler Studios. Um, and there's always auditions happening. I got there around 10 a.m. It was freezing. There was an incredibly long line going around the block of a group of young performers, college age performers who were all auditioning for a very small summer stock. And they were sitting out there and they were all freezing. And I was like, why do these kids just not go inside? Why don't they just go home? This is crazy. And I realized that they are so dedicated to what they are wanting to. This was a small theater that pays nothing. Mm -hmm. And they were all around the block waiting to to be seen, hopefully be seen by the the casting team. I just want to give a shout out to every single young actor who gets off that bus, who gets off that plane, who comes to New York, who tries to make a go of it and spends most of their cold, chilly, freezing mornings sitting there waiting to be seen to get a job. Uh, love that's wonderful i think that's really kind of you because uh, it is true and it is and especially when you're starting out in the business uh or even when you're not when you've been around a yeah. while shoot um but it's that's that's a that's a long day and that's and it's um it can be that's daunting <laughs> i don't I'm, and i just had tip tip of the hat to, you're right that's a really freezing yeah it was it was freezing and they were all sitting there god Bless them. I just, yeah. I just want to give a shout out to them. You can see that them. every single day at yeah. multiple locations. I yeah. mean, there's, you know, I'll just, not just yeah. here, yeah. not just us. So I just want to give a shout That's out to, nice. to them because yes. I was, I was actually very moved. Mm. And I, I think of all the people who criticize um, performers and, mm. and, mm-hmm. and say, you know, ah, it's, you know, it's, 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 
it's easy work. It's yeah, easy work. What are work. you doing? I'm like, I'd like to see you come out and do this. Yeah. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the, to yeah. them and all the summer stocks who are going to hire these wonderful people and That's make right. these opportunities them jobs. Yeah. possible because they're great training grounds. What is your favorite thing? Oh, okay. I have a musical. Oh. And it's really, and I'm going to say it's the musical and it's the original, it's the cast recording because I've never seen this musical, nor is this musical hardly ever done. It was a, I'm going to call it a flop musical okay. written by a very successful musical theater writer who did not have many flop musicals, but that's also because he did not write many musicals. Is it Frank Lesser? <laughs> yeah, you're so good. Oh, I know the show. <laughs> Which one is it? Is this Green Willow? Yeah, gosh, that was so fast. We, oh my God, we're talking about Green Willow. Uh, yeah, we're talking about Green Willow today. Oh my I gosh. I have always loved Green Willow. I've yeah. Al- now, picture it, you guys. You know, Frank Lesser, who wrote the music and the lyrics. Now, for this, he had a help. He, had, he wrote the book, but he also had a guy named Lesser Samuels. That'd be Lesser spelled L E S S E R, not the way he, Frank Lesser spells his name. Um, but uh, and, Lesser and Lesser? Exactly. That's already a sign that the show's I, not going to work out, on. I think. Um, but imagine this, though. Frank Lesser has, has, has written, you know, Guys and Dolls. He, he wrote in, you know, this, this comes out in 1960, but right before this, a couple years earlier, Most Happy Fella, which is like a very complex smart musical slash opera really um and then after green willow he writes the pulitzer prize winning has to see the business right so then so you can imagine this is a man who is at the top of his game he knows what he's doing as a songwriter and a lot of times they say oh he you know he he, he writes very slow but he says no i just throw out the bad stuff really fast that's that that's what but it's but he did take a while to write his shows um, and I, and I am as a piano player, as well as an actor, I am always fascinated by his music because it yeah. is, it is, de- he has really deceptively complex music. It, he, I don't think he gets enough credit for it. I, I think if you look at most happy fella and you, and you look at green will and you look at his other scores, I wish there was an original Broadway recording of where's Charlie, but there's not, yeah. um, there's a London recording, but, but he, he only had like five or six, you know, produced scores. Um, but this, let me just give a little overview. You, you obviously can ch- will chime in. But so this was this 1960 musical that, in the vein of, let's say, Brigadoon, uh, Finian's Rainbow, uh, even Oklahoma. But th- this has this is a whimsical, fantastical, um, uh, fair like a magical musical, and it, it's set in a fictional land and a fictional place. It's based on a book, um, and and the it, it starred Anthony Perkins. Psycho. Uh, Psycho, who was during rehearsals for this show, he was filming Psycho in LA and had to keep going back and forth. And they they would do like the shower scene, and they're like, "Well, we don't really need you for the shower scene." So he they'd release him for a couple days, and he'd rehearse the show, and then he'd go back and film. Amazing! I think that's really interesting. You know, he was the uh, first choice for Bobby and Company. Well, he and Sondheim were like best friends. Yeah, Anthony Perkins is Bobby. That would have been yeah. You, well, it makes sense. The yeah. character of Bobby then and him and like, yeah. he, I mean, it just that I think that's really interesting. Um, so I think it's worth noting the plot of this story, this show, because it does. The songs are contextual, I think, to really appreciate the songs of this show. And I until really doing the research on it for this podcast, I really didn't know the story of it. Uh, I knew roughly that it was like a, it was like a fantasy show and that this it was about some guy named Gideon Briggs and he's wander. He's a wanderer. What does that mean? Well, it's it, it is a, it's based on this this sort of fable that this man of, of, of the last name Briggs comes from a long line of family members that were the oldest male of each generation is doomed to a 
always wander. It's always going to feel the call to leave. You're going to fall in love. You're going to make a wife and you're going to make kids. And then for some reason, you're just going to feel the yearning to leave. And the wife is going to have to accept that. And the man's gone. And then he comes back. Maybe, maybe he doesn't. So, and it's about this man who wants to try to break this curse. And so he, cause he falls in love and, and he finds someone that he doesn't want to, to wander away from. And she has to come to, she kind of accepts that he's going to walk away whistling. That's one of the songs she sings. And then the other sort of side plot is that there's an older preacher, the, the tall skinny preachers is, is like sort of like the brimstone and uh, you know, very, you know, strong and negative preacher. And then a new preacher comes to town who is a more positive and a more mm. short fat guy who's like, you know, the, he, he believes in more happiness and trying to help people and heal people. And so it's that kind of battle. And it's just, uh, you know, the tagline for the, when you look, if you look up the show, it says that it's, it's about the magic and pleasures of small town life. <laughs> That's the overall sort of thing, but it really, it's about, you know, um, relationships and, and, you know, being with the people that you care about, but the music, oh. The music is, I think, top-notch, lesser. I, I I love it. I think that you can, if you go back and listen to this original cast recording, you hear these these lush orchestrations. Mm. And yes, these songs are, you're, some of them you might be like, what's a ring, like ring-a-ding-a-ding-ding? Like, what are they talking about? Because they use language like they do in Finian's Rainbow. They make up some words and they make up fantastical places. But if you can accept that and let that be just a part of the story and a part of like the reality of the world you're listening to. There are some really beautiful music that I think not a lot of people have listened to before. Um, and I think Anthony Perkins like kills it. I think he's just stunning on this recording. I think it's beautiful singing and it's, and you hear these huge skips and he has to sing really high and sing really low. And, um, and you hear the complexity of the music, even in a very sort of simple, story in a way the one of my favorite songs from that is uh summertime love fan the accompaniment to that song the way it drives i i wrote down summertime love i mean never will i marry is probably the one song that most people know yeah um but they're the walking away whistling um the, there's just i would just listen to the whole thing uh, and just get your ear around you know a a flop musical written by a top-notch writer and I don't think enough. Uh, we we don't get to talk about him uh, this show enough. And I think it's pretty. Special. No, we really don't. Nope. We really, really don't. I think the York Theater did it a couple while, a little while ago. But it, you know, has City Center ever done it? Encores? No, it hasn't. Well, that'd be a great one to do. Yeah, know? they should do that. You know. All right, Encores, get on get on some Green Willow for right? us. Because um, it really is a magnificent score. I think it is. And there's a great. I think there's a great clip of Anthony Perkins singing "Never Will I Marry." Oh, okay. Uh, out there somewhere. Yeah, that, I, I believe that. So you get to see him in action. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a shame he never did more musicals because he really was something special. Yeah. Yeah. Got swallowed up by the cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it, love it, love yeah, it, love it. Green Willow, check it out. Nineteen sixty, Green Willow. Frank yeah. Lesser, same man who gave us Most Happy Fella, and gave us Guys and Dolls. Guys and Dolls, How to Succeed. Where's yeah. Charlie? I can't believe I have a Most Happy Fella story for you today. Are you, really? This is. I might be off topic a little bit. Well, whatever. Like and we ever do that? <laughs> we ever get off topic? My I God. Mean, what is the topic? I don't even know um, anymore. I was. I had lunch with a friend that I used to do. Another shout out, community theater. Love community theater. Oh, thank goodness for community theater. Did a community theater production when I was twelve of the most happy fella, <laughs> and we were talking about a woman that they put in the show who was eighty three years old, Aww. who was a big donor to the theater, and she just wanted to be on stage. Eighty three years old, and she had one line in the show. She was supposed to walk by our lead, Rosabella, and go. Good night, Rosabella. 
and keep walking. First rehearsal. Good night, Rosemarie. No, no, stop. And the director was like, no, 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 no. Actually, Madeline, her name was Madeline. Madeline, it's Rosabella. Oh, okay. Let's do it again. Good night, Roseanne. No, no, no. Rosabella. Good night, Rosanna. Good night, Rosh Hashanah. Called her everything except the character name. So, yeah. Oh, bless. So, Madeline from my production of Most Happy Fellow when I was 12 years old. Oh, Oh my my God. We had a director who was so obnoxious. Was that Quirky Sinclair from Waiting for Guffman? No, it was the total opposite of Quirky Sinclair from Waiting for Guffman. Just so you understand what this director was like, he was the set designer and his big primary concern was also this was just the set once the set went up it was our job as actresses to make that set look as good as possible oh wow he focused more on scene changes and everything but he used to give notes in one of the most fascinating ways i've ever seen somebody give notes to actors before instead of writing them down he would sit in the back and dictate his notes into a tape recorder then you would have to gather as a group the next morning. He would sit next to the tape recorder, no. hit play, and as his voice was giving the note, he would angrily point to you and then point where you were supposed to go with the note. So if it was like Kevin Cross stage left, you would hear his voice say that, and he'd point to you, and he'd point to stage left. That's one way. Yeah. So that's uh, just I wanted to throw out that little. Wow. If you know any other ways of receiving odd notes, let us know. I also would like to hear any other stories of community theater that you may have had out there, friends. We should do. I think one of our favorite things just has to be community theater in general. Did you do a community theater when you were growing Uh, up? I grew up in Elmira, New York, which is a very small town in Western New York. Um, And we there was one. There were very few opportunities to perform. Uh, When I found out I loved musical theater, I had one opportunity with my musical uh, in high school we had one musical a year and then there was one community theater called the Elmira Little Theater and bless them they were they were they we did Man of La Mancha we did Funny Girl we did um I'm trying to remember all the other ones I uh gosh I think my sister did like the the smell more of the grease paint the smell of the crowd like wacky stuff too but this one this little community theater would would do a show and it really was really was true community theater and it was very special and and there I mean hello there's a reason why I'm doing what I'm doing today oh my gosh I I agree with you 110% mine was called the Conejo Players nice uh, in Thousand Oaks California and I was there at a really interesting time because there was there was two like guards of the theater. There was the old guard who was like in their sixties and seventies and they took me under their wing and they wanted to teach me about all the old classic musicals. And it would be like, we're going to teach you about most happy fella and we're going to teach you about how to succeed. And we're going to teach about my fair lady. Then there was a really young guard that was coming in. um, And they were like, you need to know younger stuff. And I will never forget this. I was 12 years old. Uh, and there were three people at the community theater. I do want to thank really quickly. Their names were Sean Lands, Aaron Fagundis, and Tom Hand. And the three of them went to Amden, New York together, and they all moved out to California. Tom together. Hand? Tom Hand. That was his name. Tom Hand. So. Oh, so three people. So three people. Sean Lands, Aaron Fagundis, Tom Hand. And they made me a mixtape. And they were like, these are some of our favorite songs you need to listen to this mixtape. And they gave me notes that went along with the mixtape. That's amazing. So it was things Please like... Please tell me. 
Um, the Night Dolly Pardon Was Almost Mine from Pump Boys and Dinettes, followed by In His Eyes from Jekyll and Hyde, followed by Dressing Them Up from Kiss of the Spider. Oh, no, it was Kiss of the Spider Woman Dressing Them Up going into In His Eyes. So every time I hear Dressing Them Up, I'm always expecting to roll right into I Sit and Watch the Rain. Um, and they with notes on what the shows were about. And, and what, a, what a great history So that lesson. was my training ground. I had two teachers, both Jeez. from two totally different schools, the old guard and the young guard. And because you did community theater that you learned this. I would not have known it any other way. Incredible. So that, that's that, that's not a favorite thing right now, but I feel like it should be a favorite I love thing that. at some point. Yeah, um, I agree. My favorite thing today yes, sir. Uh, is also, I think, a wonderful teaching tool, and it was a way that I discovered so many musicals that I was not aware of, and I don't think this person gets the credit that they deserve uh, because my favorite thing this week is a series, an actual concert series, and it is Scott Siegel... And it is the... The Broadway by the Year. Town Hall, Broadway by the Year. Yeah. Uh, for those, And this is all Scott Siegel's genius and Scott Siegel's baby. For those of you who aren't aware, it's now going on its 17th season. Can you imagine that? Uh, what Scott does is he does these concerts called like the Broadway musicals of 1953. And he'll get five or six wonderful performers and a great band. And they'll present all of the great songs from 1953 either from big hits like Kismet or things that weren't successful like um, um, like uh, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what? And he provides these really witty uh, anecdotes that go along with it. Wow. And all of that is on the recording. And thank God somebody recorded a majority of them because they're all available for purchase. I have seen that. I have seen um, that you can buy them. And I think they're absolutely wonderful. But anyway, I don't think Scott Siegel and the Broadway by the Year series gets the credit that they deserve. That's a really good one. Um, and I buy all the albums. As soon as an album gets released, I like snatch it up. Now what he's doing is because is he's done so many of the years, he now does like decades, like Broadway by the decade, the 1980s, mm-hmm. um, or uh, Broadway originals. And I saw one of those. Performers. I saw originals. I saw Willie Fox sing the song from Maryland. Of all oh, things. my gosh. How yeah. cool. So I want to just give you a couple a couple that I think you should listen to just to get a sense of this. I think one of the best produced ones is his 1953, Broadway by the year 1953. Because um, I, I want to just point out a couple of things on there that I, that I literally will like pass out because I'm so excited about when I listen to them. Davis Gaines, Broadway's longest running phantom or the LA's longest running phantom and Andrea Burns singing stranger in paradise unmiked. He wants to give the listeners a chance of the audience to hear. This is what a Broadway musical would have sounded like with no amplification, like in 1953. Yeah. And you hear these big powerhouse voices. So it's Andrea Burns, Davis Gaines doing, uh, no, uh, no, no other love have I a stranger in paradise. Julia Murney on this album does an I Love Paris from Can Can. Wow. Which is so fantastic. Uh, 1963, Ewan Morden does Everything Beautiful Happens at Night, and it's gorgeous. Like from 110? Yeah. Like Everything Beautiful and Happens And this is so funny, 1960, I, want, I already have this in my notes. He has Douglas Laudner doing Summertime Love. Tying it all Green together. Green Willow. That's um, cool. And the nice thing is, is he gets really fantastic people to appear in these concerts. Brian Batt, Leslie Kritzer, Chip Zine, uh, Julia Murney, uh, Sierra mm-hmm. Bond. It's just like all of these amazing, amazing people. The earliest one is 1925. He did a, the earliest concert available is 1925. Like anything? No. No, 25 is a great year because oh, you right. have Sonny 
you have no no Nanette, you have Dearest Enemy, and I think you have the Vagabond King. Yeah. I like those like are the four big or something ones. In there. Yeah. And then the most recent one that's available on recording is 1978, oh. which features like Whorehouse and stuff like that. But it also features um, a Broadway musical by Charles Strauss that ran uh-huh. for one night. And I think it also features Carmelina. So it's it's it, they're wonder I think they're wonderful for a couple of reasons. One, it's so great to hear new performers breathe life into some of these musicals, which most likely will not get revived, no matter how right. good they are. And also, I think it's really good to be introduced to. Hey, this show got dismissed in this year, but here's an amazing song from it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Scott Siegel gets the credit that he deserves. You can buy the series because they're sold on individual CDs uh, on Footlight.com. That's foot, you know, Footlight Records. F- Owned now by Bruce Yeko, who we interviewed a while mm-hmm. back, or you can get them on Amazon.com. So I, I would like to. My favorite thing is the concert series produced by the one. wonderful Scott Siegel, Broadway by the year now in his seventeenth year. He's still doing it. He's still doing. They still it. the town hall. They do town. Yeah, they do those at town hall. I think and he's then been it, at fifty four. Yeah, I his think. other concerts yeah. like Broadway originals and that's that he does at uh, Feinstein's fifty four mm-hmm. below. Uh, but Scott, if you are listening, I want you to know how much you have shaped so many of us who have been able to listen to these recordings and I would kill to come direct one of these concerts for you and have Kevin in it yes. so he can sing. So please, Scott, take us. We love you. <laughs> Thank you for making every year my favorite year. Oh, Rob. Thank you. That's good. I should have worked in transitioning. Because <laughs> I can do a segue like nobody's business. You're such a director. I love it. Thank you. So mine this year, this year, this week, Broadway by the Year, and Kevin. Green Willow. Listen to them. Get the recordings and do send it. Scott Siegel our love. And tell us what you love. Tell us what you love. Yeah. Summertime love. Time for kissing and for courting. Robert Goulet singing Summertime Love. Oh, I can't. I got to get a new impression going. I can't do Robert Goulet anymore. No more? No. Have you been told it's too much? Uh, yeah, but but just by close family. <laughs> Friends. All right, and then. by Vera Goulet, the widow of the late Robert Goulet. <laughs> Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. I dreamed a dream of days to come where spongership is high and money is forthcoming. That's beautiful, Kevin. I really added a voice onto that one, too. (laughs) I really was trying to go for something there. Listeners, we love creating this podcast, but it does cost money. Please don't make me sell my Angel record. Oh, my gosh. The original cast recording of Angel. That, like, nobody has. Nobody has it. If you like what we are doing and want us to keep doing more of it, please head over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T. R-E-O-N dot com. Pat Rion. I feel Pat Rion. Yeah, Pat Rion. Rion. Pat Rion. Yeah, and once you're there, search for Behind the Curtain Broadway's Living Legends. And of course, we don't expect to give without receiving some great rewards. Such rewards include behind-the-scenes videos, shout-outs on future episodes, Mm. or episodes, depending on what part of the country you're from, because I said episodes, (laughs) and early access to some of our podcasts. Hell, for the right price, Kevin and I will come to your apartment and act out all of Agnes of God. (laughs) So head over, friends, to P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com to help us out. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.